For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Hey, 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 welcome back, kids. Show number 62, middle-aged hey. warriors. How are you, Mr. Rick? I am really good. How are you today? I'm fine. I, I think I'm still Chris Cimino. Well, whenever it is, but it doesn't really matter when people listen. We can, we're doing this in the evening, which is actually a rare time for us. We've been kind of yeah. busy bouncing around uh, with a lot of stuff, but um, people, it doesn't really matter when, when time-wise. And we're, we're a couple, and we're a couple of losers who have no plans on a, pretty on a Wednesday much. night because our women are tied up with other things. Mine is in Tokyo. Yours is, is is on on the job right now, and you know the Mets played this yeah. afternoon, so I figured, well, I got nothing else to do tonight, so let's let's do a podcast with Rick. <laughs> uh, how are uh, you, buddy? Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm all right. It's been a little bit of a frustrating day. You know, we were just talking about this. Well, we have Talk a to me. we have a bunch of topics we want to just kind of vent about. I think collectively, both of us. But um, I was yeah, supposed to be heading out on we're Friday. On this one, winging it. Yeah, we're winging it. This is, uh, right. by the way, I hope you guys had a chance to listen to the the previous show with Savannah Guthrie. She was uh, really an oh, awesome yeah. guest. The response has been really good, and she was just very genuine. And and just we we had a really uh, we had a blast with her. And I'm, I'm glad she took the time to spend with the middle aged warriors, and she considers herself one, or at times maybe a middle aged princess, as she liked to call. Yeah, her. I love that. I love which, that, which is kind of cool. But we thank her again for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what's going on now? I was supposed to be out of town leaving on Friday. Uh, I think we had mentioned earlier podcasts. Uh, my brother was, was in a pretty bad accident early June. He's in the right. process of recovering. He's now back at home rehabbing and uh, his birthday actually is July 24th. And me and my mom, my 86, almost 87 year old mom, we were going to fly down and we had set up arrangements, but the variant is uh is is running wild right now down in Florida and the feeling was from down there and different people including the including the people that are taking care of him that maybe he should his his whole immune system is still run down i guess as he's trying to recover through all yeah. of this and so that maybe it's best that people don't come and potentially bring something there and uh you know that's all fine and dandy i mean i have my own thoughts about all of the all of the anxiety about it but but I understand that. I respect that. I, I don't have a problem with that. But I had made the arrangements fairly late. So I did the what's called basic economy. You yeah, know? Yeah. Basic economy means if you don't get on this plane, MFR, you're not getting anything back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you should be happy that we strap you to the wing, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, it just doesn't seem right. It's, it's like to me when you buy a ticket on Metro North and it has an expiration date on it. Mm. Because if you go into the city and let's say you want to stay and then you want to use the ticket a month later or whatever it is, they, they say, sorry, that 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 ticket expired. 
Right. Why did it expire? Well, you we made right. the money. Right. You have you have my money. I didn't give I didn't take up a seat in the process. And the thing that I did with this was I had upgraded the seat so you can because in basic economy you can't choose the seats. And my mom, you know, she needs a wheelchair even to get, you know, to uh the plane and and she wants an aisle seat. And so I I I went in and I thought, well, I'm not gonna upgrade to the point of like 75 bucks per person because the extras that you got sort of would have been redundant to what happens when you bring somebody with a wheelchair, uh, you know, to the gate. So I said, all right, right, but I will, I will pay the extra $45 per person per seat, which was about 80, 90, it's 90 bucks, whatever each way for the two of us to get an assigned seat. Hey, want to take a quick moment for our all important sponsor. Well, July is well underway and a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals now behind us and the MLB heading into the second half of the season, there's plenty of betting action to get involved in. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, anyway, bottom line is, so now we have to cancel. And I don't even, you know, I understand it's not refundable, but typically I always got a voucher for the for at least within the next year you can use the right, money use the, for another flight right well apparently the basic economy doesn't allow that that's not right yeah and, and explaining to them well this is a this was a sick person we were going to see and because of the situation with covid we were told not to so my mom then made the phone calls and and they still they gave her they said well we need a doctor's note from down there and i said eh, all right seems like a lot of work for something they should just kind of give a wave to, but all right, in these times that we're in. Yeah. But then it was followed with, and we need a birth certificate, a copy of your this birth reminds certificate. reminds me of this. This is the sign. You remember that? He goes to right? Michigan and he needs a copy of the death certificate. He needs a death certificate. <laughs> Otherwise, right, to get the, to get the, the um, whatever it's called, to fly, you know, basically. Yeah, the bereavement fair. The bereavement yeah. fair. Yeah. So, and then she said, but this is my, and this is where I have, I have to really give my mom credit. My mom's going to be 87 years old in October. And she says to them, well, um, so that would prove what, that, that I'm a family member. She, well, what if I'm a friend that wanted to go down and see him? And now I couldn't because of, it's not, you know, because of COVID and the, and this whole variant, it's not a good thing. Right. And they said, oh no, we'd still need your birth certificate. She goes, well, what would a birth certificate of a friend prove? <laughs> That we were friends. Yeah, I don't, yeah really. <laughs> and, and she literally <laughs> said to them, and I know my mom, she, I got all my snippiness from my mother. And she said, do you realize how stupid you sound by saying that to the person I on know, the other really. end? She goes, I know you're doing your job and you're following the rules, but you realize how stupid this sounds. You need the birth certificate of a friend to prove what? The connection? Yeah. Okay, I was born in, in Sioux City, Iowa in 1945, and I'm friends with somebody who was born in New York in 1955. Like, where's the connection? How do I know you're connected? And it just, and, you know, I'm going to mention it's United Airlines, and, and they should be ashamed of themselves because 
you know, they should. This is a very stressful what? time for everybody, and you've got to be you've got to be more flexible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to be. The irony is that the uh, the COVID now is the Delta variable. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I fly so, Delta, and I never have a problem. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I don't. And and but but the point being, you know, this industry, yes, it took a tremendous hit, but the government also gave it a lot. And it, by the way, this industry was raping us for a long time. They've been, yeah. you know, it's it's the only, it's it's one of those only industries that's like, oh, well, fuel prices went up. Oh, airline prices go up or demand goes up. Okay, fuel, so we we raise our prices. And it's 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 not for the people. In a lot of other countries, it's it's government run. And there's a whole controversy yeah. if you want to get into that. That's a whole other thing. But But my point is, airlines in general, I don't think are very fair to their customers. They really are not. In general, no, this one in business, I know, and they're a business, and I get that, but I got to tell you that it, uh, the industry is kind of, uh, it's, it's a tough nut to crack. The point being that this is the part that really irks me is that, so then I spent $45 per seat for two people each way to be able to choose a seat, which was limited at what I would choose. Right. And now I'm not going to be in that seat, nor my mother. They're going to resell that seat again for that price. That would be like saying, okay, I bought two tickets to see a a Ranger game or a Nick game at Madison Square Garden. I didn't show up, but the garden then resells those same seats and and gets my money and somebody else. No, that doesn't happen. Why does that happen on an airline? And that's That's I call BS on that. Yeah, that's a good call. And to be honest with you, I'm angry. I need a copy of the death certificate. Yeah, it's the old Seinfeld episode. It's just, oh, that great. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I'm wearing George. the shirt you gifted me today. I'm wearing it. You didn't gift it to me today, but I'm wearing it today. And it's the old George ah, yes. Costanza. The jerk store called. They're all out of you. That was his big comeback at the uh, board meeting. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what do you have? I'm tired of venting. You talk. What do you have in your All right, so what, what, what I do want to say, and I wouldn't have known it until you alerted me that we had our 5,000 download. Oh, yeah, we've, a, cleared, we've cleared the 5,000 mark. Hey, woo! Yes. All right, Vincula's so we turn excited. Up, of, yeah. course, of course, Chris, your mom was 4,900 of them. Well, you know, whatever it takes, dude. <laughs> and and, yeah, and, know, me, really. and Thanks, me and mom. Valerie were the others, yes. But, yeah, no, we really... I mean, we appreciate everybody who does stop by from time to time and hope you will spread the word because uh, it's really it's a numbers game. And if we don't keep the numbers up, they'll probably come after us and and, uh, you know, Zoom, we're going to be gone. Yes, we do appreciate everybody who has, who has, you know, look, the podcast, you know, we understand the podcast market is inundated. And, and the fact that you even take the time to stop. And I know there are some people who listen fairly regularly to us. And I really, really, really appreciate yeah. that. Uh, we hope, you know, we're the voice of of, of middle, other middle age warriors and or at least give people a sense of, hey, you know, we, we're still. Yeah, or we're just a couple of guys shooting the shooting the shit and uh we love having you along to hear whatever it is we're complaining or complimenting about and uh essentially you know we're sharing our lives with each other and with you and we are thrilled to have you there on your side of uh the computer i was gonna say the radio but you can see how i was trained 
Well, you're right. In the biz. So uh, what else is going on? We wanted to talk about a few other things that, that have been happening. Well, I th- I th- for me, the big thing is, it's funny because in 1989, when I was doing morning radio ad on Long Island, that represented, July 20th represented 20 years mm-hmm. that we landed on the moon in 1969. And the, the woman who was on the air with me was younger than me, uh, but it, it was just not a big deal to her. But to me, it was a big deal. And now all of a sudden, it's 52 years later, with July 20th passing a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't believe it's 52 years. And it's funny, uh, I guess funny may not be the word, but looking up at the moon uh, on July 20th and thinking, my God, we did dudes walk in there. That's pretty amazing. The moon was red and I couldn't figure out why. I thought, smoke. Oh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, smoke from a distant fire. Yeah, the uh, was had that orange red tinge to it last night. I saw some beautiful pictures posted too on uh, you know social media. But uh, yeah, it's actually it was from a fire, huge forest fire in Canada, which was also a result of tremendous heat and dry weather that they've been having. And that also lightning reaches the ground, but the rain never does. It dries out before getting there. So that is also something that can start, you know, fires that people don't realize. And then just people being uh, not very responsible can leave something that ends up catching fire. But going back to July 20th, 1969, and it's funny, you, you bring up somebody younger who was like, it was no big deal. And I guess I was eight, you were nine. Right. You, were, you had probably just turned nine and, and, and I was eight. Yeah. The funny thing about this, now, I remember when I was at that age and even before that, I loved the concept of being an astronaut. I had a friend two doors down on my street, Paul Cameron, and we would pretend we were astronauts and we would take the um, the, the patio table that he had and we'd flip it on its side and we'd make believe that that was the back of the, like the, the module landing and the whole thing, you know. And so I was very much into it. And I remembered watching it on a small black and white TV in my grandmother's apartment, grandmother, grandfather's apartment upstairs. They lived upstairs from us uh, in our home in Ozone Park, Queens. But after that, I thought, well, where was everybody? Why was, why was my Nana babysitting me that night? My mother and father were in a movie theater. Really? Watching Ice Station Zebra. Because my mother had a crush oh on God. Rock Hudson, which of course was a useless crush to have, but, but she had Sorry. a crush on Rock Hudson. And... <laughs> I'm like, and later I'm like, ma, the men were landing on the moon and you went to a movie? And I really, you have to think about a a few things there. You know, the the mindset, number one, and yet, because media wasn't, can you imagine when something that specific, let's say somebody was, let's say man was going to land on Mars now. Man would, we know the media would make such a thing out of it that, probably everybody would in some shape or form, whether it's on their phone, on their laptop, you know, absolutely, they would would have to see it. We have to see it because it's the thing we're being told. This is the thing. And maybe back then that, that shows the influence because I will have these conversations with her all the time about, you know, she talks about how the upheaval of the world today. I'm like, well, let me tell you something. I don't don't know if you read anything, but by the way, the late sixties were a really rough time in this country, but the media wasn't all over your face. And if you didn't turn the TV on, you had no clue what was going on in the world. You really didn't. Yeah. I think that was part of She liked the movie? <laughs> the 
please. Rock Hudson was in it. Uh, well, there you go. But it was, yeah, that's that's a, that's a whole other story. But just to but just to think about that, such a monumental. And as you pointed out, I mean, I've sat many nights and looked up at that, and I go, wait, there were like a, a, a handful, really, a handful oh, yeah. of human beings got to walk on that thing. Yeah. And what did you know when they come back down and they look up? You're like, I came back from Croatia and I look at pictures and go, whoa, I was on you know the other side of the world. Woohoo! These guys. We're up there on another the world. Cocoon. Yeah. yeah. Just, wow. That's, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's so, going. One of the things I, I just want to interrupt you for a sec, because okay. talking about your childhood and playing with a friend and pretending you guys were astronauts and stuff, we did the same thing where, how I grew up. As a matter of fact, I grew up and there was a, a guy four years older than me uh, who lived across the street named Greg Fisk. And he, implemented the Fisk Space Program. <laughs> I love it. In their basement. I love it. They, I love it. So we had the, the, the Fisk Space Program. <laughs> so we would play astronauts in their basement, you know, and uh, to this day, my brother and I still laugh about the, the FSP, the Fisk Space Program, because it was such a, a lasting um impression on right. nine-year-old kids mm -hmm. or they were 13-year-old kids but the fisk space program we used to joke around yeah. uh about you know launching rockets out you know estes rockets out on yeah, the golf yeah. course well, you know, like how it like sticks that. but here you are at, at 61 years old and you you remember these things how they stick with you you know and to that point oh my god yeah you know, we just watched, I, I just watched, yeah, I guess it was yesterday morning, Bezos going up and, uh, you know, the, which is the second launch of it. And, you know, and they, and they the want to call billionaire. Yes, they want to call themselves astronauts now because they all went up categorically. I don't know. That's not being an astronaut. That's just being somebody rich who is able to do something. But, uh, Can yeah, I just cool. tell you that their flights lasted about 11 minutes? Yeah. It takes me longer to get from the car Oops. up to our living room. Well, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy though? That, that cost, yeah, I know it's incredible. I mean, I'd love to do it. I would love to do it. I mean, it's if I if I had an extra couple hundred million dollars lying around, I would probably do the same thing, but I don't, sorry. No. And you know, I, I mean, I'm sure somewhere down the road when we're not even around, you know, this is just the beginning of something that's going to become yeah. You know, I don't know if it'll be normal, but it you know may take some time. I mean, the fact of the matter is, when you think about it, as you pointed out, 52 years ago. So let's say at, in 1969 we were able to put man on the moon. We really have not gone that much further since then when it comes to, if you really think of it, in 52 years, think about the technology that has advanced on the planet here. What we can do, yeah. how we move information around, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But you, you would have thought by now we'd have somebody on Venus, on Mars, somewhere, permanent space station where people live, like cities out in space being created. I mean, that was 52 years. So in a certain sense, it, that, that hits me two ways. That was incredible what they were able to do back in 1969. Um, at the same time, we realized that spending so much money on something that maybe wasn't going to be so fruitful in the long run 
I think that was just let's beat the Russians. I mean, Kennedy was like, let's start this program. Yeah, let's beat them. we're not having the Russians get on the moon before us. So I think that was kind of where, where all of that came from. But um, it, it's, you know, even you think about the space shuttles and the space stations. So what's really become of it? I think it costs a lot of money. And it does. But the, the one thing I do want to say as a fan of the space program and my brother who works mm. for right. a news operation that covers the space program very, very carefully when you think about all the things that we now take for granted that were invented basically through discoveries made in the space program. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, if you ask me now, what are they, Rick? I'm probably going to draw a blank, but you know, you can look at any one of a uh, hundred things that we take, a microwave oven. I mean, that was all, you know, through the science learned and when you think about Apollo 13, and right. they talk about Apollo 13, you know, uh, failure is not an option. That's the mug I sometimes drink my coffee out of. And I'm always amazed when I hear them say that we have more computer power in our, in our iPhone, mm -hmm. our smartphone, than they had on a space capsule hurtling between Earth, the moon, and trying to get back here alive. Mm -hmm. that, that's amazing to me. When you look at, you know, oh, clearly, yeah. I, I and to the first point you brought up, yes, I think what what's come out of the space program has been things that have advanced us here on Earth, but yet the program itself, in terms of where we're going beyond the moon, didn't seem to advance like most things have advanced in 52 years. However, the other thing you bring up, which has always amazed me, because you know, I'll, I'll watch the movie you know Apollo 13 and and it, it's almost it's it's not comprehensible what those guys were able to figure out you know almost on paper with a pen yeah. and paper it, it's it, i don't think anybody understand unless the you know the people who are in it and the physicists and the astrophysicists and they they'll get it that was that was a miracle i mean they they pulled that one out of there you know what it's it was brilliant in such a primitive yeah it really was yeah. You know what, Chris, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I was trying to do some tax work before we started broadcasting and um, my calculator broke and I couldn't do any <laughs> math. I'm ashamed, um, but I'm honest. No. Wow. You're it's all about disclosure, yeah. right? <laughs> That's full of, yeah. that is full disclosure. I, I, I hear you. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's just incredible to think of what, you know, in that, I mean, think of the stress and what they were under. I mean, they basically had three people's lives in their hands and, and the world yeah. was watching. And it's just, uh, no, it, it, that, that was incredible. But uh, in other news, what else we have going on? Well, uh, by the way, so I'm, I was watching the, you know, I've been watching the Mets and Yankees over the last, I get to watch a little more baseball now because sometimes, you know, with Edme being in Tokyo, yeah. there's no guilt feeling of me watching a ball game on a night. And she'll say, she, not that she says, don't watch it. <laughs> But I feel like, eh, you know, I'd rather spend time with her watching something. But um, so I've been watching a little more baseball. Apparently, By the way, which which sport is she competing in? <laughs> makeup. Uh, <laughs> she's doing the powder puff. She's doing the powder puff. And I think the sponge under the eye competition, which is very specific. And it's very stressful. So she's working. Yeah. But um, all that being said. She's uh, doing okay. No, the the um, the Yankees the other night 
I don't, I'm not going to misquote the year, but apparently the lineup, the collective line, because of all the injuries they have, the collective lineup the Yankees had, had the least amount of previous Yankee experience since any lineup, since I believe they said either 1917 or like 1908. Really? Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's that, they're, they're that bare bones. And then the Mets, as of yesterday, uh, which now keep in mind, it's like just barely past the halfway point of the season, have used 54 different players already on their roster. Their wow. all-time record is 56. So all they need well, is two more to break, yeah. to break that. But that speaks to, and I don't know what your thinking is on this. And I honestly, I mean, you know, at your party, we were hanging out with John Franco and I'd love to get him back on the show for a few topics. And I'll, and I'll get to the other baseball topics mm-hmm. ahead. But what is it with these injuries? What's going on here? Are these guys from the working out too much? Have they made their muscles too short, their tendons, their their ligaments too tight? As opposed to, I mean, come on, you know the players we saw growing up. You didn't see Tom Seaver going to the deal. Oh, I have tightness in my forearm. Oh, I have tightness in my rib. Oh, I have tightness, you know, like every five minutes. Somebody's going. Yeah, out. you know what? And it's it's funny because you know I had rotator cuff uh, problems in the last few months. Oh, see, of course, said, you're another one. I said <laughs> it's not even my pitching arm. Exactly. But it's but I agree with you, and I, I I do agree with what you said, and that is it seems like guys played through a lot more when we were kids, a lot more injury, a lot more adversity, uh, and that's one of the reasons I love hockey so much because a guy will lose six teeth. From a high stick, and he'll miss two shifts. Mm-hmm. Get some stitches and get stitched up. Yeah, yeah. And then he's base- back out there. Yeah. A baseball player gets stitched up. He's out for at least uh, you know six weeks. You know, it's just now again. And but to that point, I don't even know if those guys, you know, the, the ball players, baseball players, were, were playing through injuries or did they even not have them? I, I'm thinking like, why are there so many injuries now? Is is it the same number or is it? There, there are more injuries now. And I know they're, thinking they're bulking up. These guys are big. These guys are out. Yeah. I mean, you look at the physique of an Art Chamsky and an Ed Cranepool. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, like, that's a ball player? No, that's my accountant. He's going to do my taxes. Yeah, right. You know, but these were <laughs> ball players. But they didn't get hurt. They didn't go down so easily. And and yeah, I, I, don't I just don't know. I mean, look at Hank Aaron. You know, I, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Hank Aaron in a weird way in a hallway at NBC. And the guy was a little shorter than me. And I'm thinking that's Hank Aaron, you know, and we talked about John Franco, not a big guy, but he got the job done. He threw high in the nineties. Like what's happening now. I mean, these are big, big boys that are playing and they're very strong. Two points I want to make. We have to get John back on the show to talk about baseball and talk about this point. We also need to get Peter Greenberg back on the show to talk about your tickets and the fact that you're getting hosed by United Airlines son on tickets that you can't use because of COVID. But, but the, uh, and the other thing, and I just heard them say today, and I'm glad, and I'm hoping it happens. Uh, when the, when the COVID shortened season had come up, they decided to make double headers only seven innings. And then they also decided to extra innings automatically put a man on second base. And I briefly at your party where John Franco was there, and I brought it up and he's like, Oh, please. I'm so tired of talking about this. Like, oh, obviously, he, he did not. 
He doesn't like that is not baseball. There's no reason we're to play seven innings. What are, what are we in little league all of a sudden? There's no reason to put exactly. a man on second base put that some, didn't earn it. What, what it are we get, doing? Is it going to get dark? You know, is yeah. it going to get dark and right. I'm going to call us home for dinner? Yeah, it's just it's insane. So apparently the, the gut feeling was what I was hearing today is that they're definitely going to drop the seven inning rule on doubleheaders. You're going to play a doubleheader, typical nine inning game. <laughs> And extra innings, they want to also think about getting rid of. Like, why should a pitcher then come in and have to deal with? Oh, there's already a guy on second base who who didn't earn it to get there, but oh, he's there. That's not baseball. Oh, it speeds up what? You know what you want to do? Put a clock and don't have a pitcher step off the mound, a batter step out of the box sixteen times between a pitch. Yeah, that slows down the game. Let's get those guys in. You can't step out of the box. After you've stepped out of the box once and called time once at an at-bat, you're done. That's number one. A pitcher can only step off the mound so many times. That's number two. That'll speed up the game. Don't change the rules and put a, a fictitious man on second base, and then he like scores this. a fictitious run. This is the Semino method, and I like it. And uh, it reminds me of... Years ago when I worked uh, at, for the Mets at Shea, um, they used to give me a stopwatch to time from the moment the ball third out happened and the ball mm. came back and rolled onto the pitcher's mound until they started with the first pitch on the next batter right. because they were very conscious of the fact that everything was taking far too long. Uh, and people just don't, you know, we're, we're uh, short attention span theater. And nobody's got the time to sit through pitchers stepping off the mound, through batters stepping out of the batter box. Well, and and they also have this other rule. Apparently, I don't know exactly the definition of it, but I don't know what inning it is. But you cannot a relief pitcher has to come in. If the, let's say he's the closer, maybe in the last inning, I'm not sure. He has to face at least three batters, and that's a little weird. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Although, did you want to talk about the Pete Alonso thing or not? Oh, sure. That's that's a good topic. Yeah, well, right. because it, it really it really irked us both. Well, you know, I guess. And again, it's and, and it's sort of I, this probably reeks a little bit of being an older middle aged warrior. It's old school and new school and just the way things are done now. But uh, I'll preface it with saying that I personally was never a fan of uh, this, this over celebration on the field this rubbing it in, this taunting, whatever you want to call it. You're an athlete. You prove your worth. You prove how good you are by what you do in the game that you play. Not how great you celebrate. Not whether you rip your shirt off at the end of a walk-off walk. You know. So what had happened was I had watched the Pete Alonzo. And when Pete Alonzo first came up and I, I thought this kid was, you know, I'm like, oh, I mean, what's he? you know, 53 home runs as a net was like, you know, uh, was off the charts. Then last shortened season, he wasn't quite as productive or anything, but he had won the home run derby the same year he had all his home runs. And then this year I saw him in the home run derby and there was just uh, a cockiness and an arrogance and a, and a flaunting and a chest pounding and a arm waving to a crowd that's not even his hometown crowd. And then making statements at the end that I am the most, I'm, I'm the best power hitter in the game. Yeah. Come on, dude. You've been doing this for three years. That's great. And you should be happy what you're doing and proud of what you're doing. But it speaks for itself what you're doing. Don't speak for it. 
don't yeah. don't over you know uh, celebrate in front of everybody. it was just it, it just struck me in a weird way. So I made a post on Facebook because by the way I have to be honest. I mean his numbers are not that great this year. I think he has like 19 home runs and about 53, 54, 53 RBI, something like that, which is not you know off the charts. There are many players. I think uh, Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero is like has 31 home runs. But the point being, every time I watch, he hits into a double play in clutch situation. He doesn't really deliver when I watch. I, I don't know, and it's just me. But I was in a stop watching. Yeah, I was in a pissy mood, and and it was one of those things. And it was right after that whole celebratory thing I'd seen, and I said, you know, Pete, you won the home run derby, but that doesn't really count. What counts is what you do during the games that count. And you know, maybe maybe you should you know think about toning it down. And I sort of got a mixed reaction. The first response, people came after me, but then other people started agreeing with me that no, there's no there's no real place for that. And but some people are like, well, he and then he donates money. I'm like, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He's not a yeah. bad young man, you know. And and he does donate. He he gives uh, some money to to uh, the, the warriors and all different things. And, and that's wonderful. And he's not making millions yet because he's still in the you know he's. He's a rookie, basically. Yeah. He's a youngin. He will, but that doesn't give you the right to be so in people's face, the bobbing of the head the whole time. It's just, it's kind of obnoxious, and I'm sorry. And I said that, and then other people, well, you know, you think, do you ever hear Tom Seaver in an interview? You don't think he was arrogant? I'm like, he might have been arrogant. He, he deserved to be arrogant, but he didn't do it on the field. He didn't strike a batter out and pound his chest in their face, did he? You know, and that's my point. That stuff didn't. Hank Aaron didn't run around breaking Babe Ruth's record, pounding his chest, did he? Yeah. Pete Alonzo would. And that's I don't know whether it's the just the era we are and the generation they, they live in. They think this is the thing to do. I, I personally don't like it. It's not respectful yeah. to the game to me. That's my opinion. I don't know how I you agree with that. you. And by the way, Tom Seaver did win a World Series. Well, he won a World Series and he won Cy Youngs. And, he, you know, yeah, it's funny. Right um, today, Ron Darling was talking about he had gotten invited to uh, Tom's house, his home out in California, I think it was in Fresno and somewhere in California. And uh, Tom was out in the garden tending to the flowers as he was back in those days. And he said, I'll, you know, if, if I'm not there, just go into my go into the office and, you know, so Darling was walking around the office looking at all the awards and stuff, the Cy Young Awards. And, and then he saw this one drawer that was kind of a little askew, a little opened. And he looked and he's like, there's a bunch of baseballs shoved in there. So he said, well, then later that night, he goes, I, we went out to dinner and, he, and I had a few glasses of wine. So, you know, now I'm brave <laughs> asking a question. And I said, you know, I was in your office looking at everything. And then I saw this one drawer that's, you know, I didn't open it or anything, but it's filled with baseballs. What what is that? Oh, uh, he said, oh, those were all my shutouts. There were 61 baseballs shoved. Oh my goodness. Oh my you know, goodness. And that's, you know, so hey, look, if Tom Seaver had any arrogance and bravado, he earned it. It was in it was in his drawers. It was in that drawer. Uh, yeah. But but he didn't do it in yeah. front of other opponents on the field. And that's my point. I just Sometimes it's just that, you know, you get excited. You can jump up and down. You can do, you can do whatever. It, it, there's a way of doing it. And then there's this really arrogant bravado about doing it. And Pete Alonso is getting close to crossing that line where he's going to turn people off. And I saw by the response from my post on Facebook, he already has. And he's a good kid. And he's a talented kid. But you, 
you have to be careful because this is not just the sport. You know, it's a popularity contest too. And you have to win. It is. And in New York, it's a religion. Mets and Yankees baseball is that, you know, it's uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. So, by the way, I I should probably jump in here and say, you're listening to Middle Age Warriors. Who are they? He's Chris Amino. I'm Rick Summers. We're on the Believe Podcast Network. We're cruising towards getting 10,000 downloads, and we need your help. So please spread the word. And by the way, we've had so many exciting and interesting people on with us in the past year and change that uh, we invite you to just tune in whenever you can and go back and listen to something you may not have listened to. And as Chris had mentioned at the top of this show, we had Savannah Guthrie from uh, the Today Show on NBC uh, join us last week before she jetted off to Tokyo to cover the Olympics. Um, But we've had so many, so many great people who have been kind enough to give us their time and their opinions like yours. Well, we need we need to hear from you guys as well. I mean, we've we've tried to sort of feedback at times, but, um, you know, it's it, like I said, it's it's, um, you know, it's a podcast overload. We certainly understand that. And we're actually we're happy to be part of the Believe Podcast Network, which is really making some big strides and getting some some big names on board as well for all different types of podcasts. I think we're, you know, we're trying to, I, I just have had this discussion many times over for all of the different projects that I've been trying to launch and, and Valerie's kind of in the same boat at times too with this kind of thing and Valerie being the voice of our show and, and, and your wife, you know, the, our age group, and, I, and I'm going to group it as late as like from late forties into the mid to late sixties, there's a lot of us and we're still very vibrant and relevant and, and have money to spend and things to do and a voice and things to say. I find that some part of what the media is, is still trapped in an old world. You know, that's the old, what was it? uh, To 54, 54, after 54, you're done in the ratings. Yeah. 25 to 54 was the the key sales demo. And I I told you when I turned 55, I was so depressed because I thought, oh my God, I exited the demo. I don't count anymore. You don't don't count anymore. And, And the reality is, schmucks at Nielsen, and I say that with remorse, you know, young people in 25, they're not watching television anymore. So get your stuff together and realize the ratings you need to take are people of 45 to 75, because that's what's left of your audience. That's what's left of your audience. But that audience still has money to spend. Most of the 25-year-olds are in debt. They don't have money to spend. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just stupid to me. But but this this concept is like it's not the same world anymore, and and I am shocked that they have not moved the needle. All they move the needle is oh now we count uh, impressions on social media and views and streaming. That's fine and dandy. You can count all you want. The audience for a lot of traditional television is no longer twenty five to forty. They're gone, and I don't think they're ever coming back. It's just a different yeah. world. So, so slide with it is is my point. You know, I sound like a grumpy old man, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to make people work with me. Yeah, work I'm just trying to make people. sense of this. And and I don't, you know, like this this refusal. No, 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 no. Still the same. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. No, you're not. The world changes. Society has changed. And you just, you know, you go with it. And I, I don't, I don't see this. Re- I, I don't understand this resistance. I don't see 
why they're not you know what to move it talking about uh our past careers and and the stories that we've weaved over the years of being in radio and television i'm so glad we did it when we did it mm. i'm so glad it's in the rearview mirror and uh it's kind of nauseous when I look at the, the state of the industry right now, it would it would never be the the ride that we had if we had a start yeah. now. We would you, yeah. me, Valerie, we would never have had the journey and the the wondrous journey and really a beautiful journey and for the most part, you know, very successful and a happy one that we had if we were starting now. It's not it, it just wouldn't happen that way. It would not yeah. unfold that way. It's it's just changed and that's fine. I get it. Things change. And to your point. You're right. I'm very grateful that we had our careers in the time frame. My own son said that to me one day. He said, you know, Dad, you were there. You were there in the gravy years. And yeah, absolutely. He, he was right. He was right. I've been watching, uh, and I highly recommend this. I've only watched uh, like two and a half episodes of it. It's 321, Paul McCartney. Uh, it's on Hulu. He's with Rick Rubin and dissecting some of the, the Beatles stuff. It, the stories are just... And to watch Paul tell the stories with such passion still, and to, to hear him dissect the music and the lyric and how things happen, it's, it's really, it was really, really heartwarming. And I don't know if there's an artist today, even remotely close to doing something like what they did. It, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's really, watch it. Uh, Middle Age Warriors, I think you're all going to love it. It's it's on Hulu. I don't typically promote shows like that, but it's three to one. It's Paul McCartney with Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin was a, is a producer for you know more the the later you know hip hop. Oh. There was something. There was one thing he said, a little story in particular. He said which really struck me because I remember it so well. And you know, Paul's older than than us, and he was talking about. Getting in, getting the new album, getting a you know, and then he'd go to the record store and then he'd get on the bus and he'd open up the album and he'd take the sleeve out and he'd read all the lyrics and all the little drawings and you'd examine that thing from top to bottom, front to back. It was a whole process. It was such an exciting feeling. And I can remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because when I was young, I didn't really love the Beatles. I, I heard them, I liked them. But I was not a Beatles maniac. But as I've gotten older, I've really gained an appreciation for the Beatles. Yeah. And and music of the 70s. Um, it's just, it, it was so much better. And I know I do sound like an old man when I say that. But, God, I hear my father's words saying, you guys don't know anything about music. <laughs> Who's Elton John? I'm like, Dad, enough. But, uh you know, it's like 50 years from now, people will still be listening to the Beatles. Will they be listening to Snoop Dogg or whoever is hot in rap? I don't even know. I hate not being in touch with, but I have no interest in it. And that's the difference. It's a weird separation that I find that it's not a true social attachment to the music. Music used to move us socially as a country. It wasn't Remember, it wasn't just the music. Then it became clothing and a fad and how you did the haircut you got and the way you dressed. And, you know, and that seems to have fallen short of like the last fad was let me wear my underwear halfway down my ass crack and walk around. And I, <laughs> and I still see that, you know, periodically. Yeah. Is, you know, whatever it is, it is. It's fine. That's what you want to do. I, whatever. I'm not even going to get into it. Hey, listen, old man. 
Yeah. I think it may be time for us to go to bed soon. Yeah, it's a put put grandpa to bed. Give him give him his pill. Chris, <laughs> Chris, you need your pill. I'm getting a I'm getting a message from Tokyo. It's morning there, so I have to say good morning. But uh, until next time, sunshine always. Be good, feel good. Thank you for tuning in to Middle Age Warriors on the Believe Podcast Network with Chris and Rick. And we'll catch you again the next time we are behind the microphone. And of course, as always, this broadcast was brought to you by, come on, say it with me, Bet brought to you by Online. Online. There's an echo in here. Have a good night, Rickster. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.